I want to talk this morning about, uh, this is our third installment of this, Witness His Majesty, Part 3, and I want to talk about this this morning. Making room for Jesus. Would you say that with me? Making room for Jesus. In Luke 2, 1 through 7, the setup is this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be registered with Mary, excuse me, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary and his betrothed and was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And this one verse is where all this stuff about the inn and all this stuff hangs on it. It says, and she gave birth to her firstborn son wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. All of that is wrapped around this one little verse, verse 7, that she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, which is a trough that you feed horses and cows. And But we're going to find out there was a little bit different use of that as well. Before you go on from there, because it's uh, the manger, this idea, this French word, uh, to, to eat, to chew. But in the Old Testament in the Bible, a manger is used to place the best lambs for sacrifice. The lambs were swaddled and placed in the manger so they would be calm and unblemished and therefore to be used in sacrifice. Jesus was born in a place used for birthing sacrificial lambs. The male lambs born in that place and others like it in the Bethlehem area were to be used exclusively for the temple. And however, the most common uses of the lambs that were born in Bethlehem was that they were destined to become Passover lambs. Sorry, I tore up here. The manger is symbolic of Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, becoming the sacrifice for all mankind's sins. Someone made room. Prophetically and by design to put Jesus there. The shepherds knew when they came, when the angels announced to the shepherds, they knew when they showed up what that was. They saw a baby boy in the place with swaddling claws around him. They knew exactly what was going on. They knew that he was going to be the sacrificial lamb. Let's just praise the Lord just for a minute here. 
the moment he comes out of the womb, prophetically it's decreed he's going to die for you and me. 33 years later, Jesus fulfilled his purpose as being the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. 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 Has he become your Savior? For those who know Jesus as Savior and Lord in their lives, there is the spiritual reality of God's peace ruling your heart. No peace. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Do you want to know His peace in a greater way this season? This is what this message is about. Do you want to know His voice in a greater way this season? Do you want to know the joy of your relationship with Jesus in a greater way this season? And I just feel like we're just supposed to stand here and worship Him. <laughs> just worship and worship and worship. To enter in the same Spirit that was released that night. Because the moment He came out, the angels were waiting for their cue. He's, he's out! Here they come! And they all bust out of heaven and flood the earth. And the sky lights up and they start singing and rejoicing. And those shepherds with the hair on the back of their necks take off running. And they find their way to the manger and tell the story of the rest of their lives. And I want to use this idea, kind of springboard off of this idea of making room for Jesus for us to make room for Jesus. Okay? A shepherd leads his sheep with his voice. I heard a story a long time ago. Uh, it was actually shared with, uh, by Jack Hayford, and uh, they were telling this. The tour guide in Israel, was he was on the bus, and he was explaining you know, how the shepherds in Israel, they lead with their voice. And um, they, they're in front of the sheep, and they walk along, and all the flock walks behind him, and they know how to call out and the sheep gathering all this stuff he's going into this and then they stop along the street and there's a bunch of sheep going across the road and there's a guy exactly doing the opposite of what the tour guide said he's behind them and he's forcibly driving the sheep across the road and the and the guy says that shepherd's not doing what you said and the tour guide turned around oh he's not a shepherd he's a butcher When you find forceful things, it's not for your goodness. It's not to help you and be, fill you with peace. Somebody's trying to kill you. God does not coerce. God does not intimidate. He does not force. He does not dominate. He does not control. He does not use fear or anxiety to lead you. Let's say it. He is our shepherd. So... Look at somebody and tell them, don't make important decisions without peace in your heart from God. Just don't make important decisions with it. Don't make decisions out of anxiety. Don't make decisions out of... There's a few things about decision-making. If your husband and wife, and one of you has a... Let's go for it, go for it. And the other one has a check in the spirit like, ah, don't, go, don't do it. You have to have two people 
with the affirming witness in their heart before you move out with that kind of thing. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. This is Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. And this is about Jesus going to Bethany. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Martha, put, I mean, excuse me, yeah, Mary, Mary sat down, you can put that scripture. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. Let, get, get that in you for a minute. Behold this. Mary takes the place of sitting down and absorbing every revelation that he shares. She's attentive to the Lord. This is our goal this season, to make room for your heart to absorb every revelation that the Lord would share with you. Because you live, Jesus even said, I don't live by bread alone. I live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How many of you want to hear his voice better? This actually, this, this message is about making room for Jesus, so you'll hear his voice better. Are you excited? But Martha became exasperated with finishing numerous household chores in preparation for her guests, so she interrupted Jesus. Could you imagine this? Interrupting Jesus. How many of you interrupted Jesus? <laughs> Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister should let me do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. But the Lord says, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Look at the next one. Mary has discovered one, the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. Everybody say undistracted. She's undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Somebody just praise the Lord right now. How many of you need a sure word, help from the Lord, hear Him? Listen, I want to tell you this. The Lord just so deeply loves you and me. He just loves us, loves us, loves us, loves us. He knows the stuff you step in and how to get it off. He knows all that. He knows where your mind goes, and he, he knows how to, to help you. How many of you just feel like, I need pretty much a bath every day? That's why Jesus washed their feet. He washed their feet. Why? Because they walked in the world. And they got dust on their feet. Jesus didn't, he didn't wash them all over. He just kind of washed their feet. Wherever you track in the world, the Lord says, I just want to cleanse you and wash you. I want to take care of you, you know and you're my sheep, and you hear my voice. Uh, years ago, I, I, read, I was reading about uh, you know, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, because I'm a songwriter, so I, Charles Wesley wrote all these amazing hymns and stuff, and John Wesley and Charles Wesley, they, they started up the Methodist Church and all that. Well, they had a mama, Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley, actually, in addition to them, had 17 more kids in addition to those. She had 19 children. Could you imagine having 19 children? Oh, my God. Susanna Wesley had 19 children by her, I mean, on her own. With her, she did not by herself. It wasn't Mary. But she had all these kids. <laughs> she... <laughs> There was some help from her husband, I'm certain of that. 
She was a spiritual woman, though, and she recognized her need for a quiet time with Jesus. Now, she didn't have movies to distract him, TV, iPads, none of that stuff. Do you know what she did? Some of you know, you've heard this. She would, to ensure she had a quiet time, she would take her big hoop skirt and put it over her head to create a private sanctuary. <laughs> she had 19 kids running around. Mommy, mommy, mommy. I was talking to our daughter on the phone. She says, I need some peace and quiet. She says, the moment, and it, the kids still do it. The moment you're there, five minutes, they come into the room. Somehow they just have a radar. She's quiet. I can go talk to her. No, she's quiet. She wants to talk to God, not you right now. Hey, but you know, just kids, they just, they, they, you know, animals do that. It's just what it is. The phone, my phone will ring. I'll be there, hallelujah. It's just, and I have a really good friend. His name is Potential Spam. He travels all over the world. I, he comes from, I don't know what state he's going to be in next. What town? He could be in West Virginia, could be in Ohio, could be in New York, could be in Florida, could be in California. Potential Spam travels all over the place. And every time I want to pray, he calls. <laughs> Do you have people like that in your life? I thought it'd be funny on a Zoom call sometime, just have your face up there and just type in your name, potential spam, and they say, that's who that is. That'd be funny. Anyway, we want to make room for Jesus. Susanna Wesley made room for Jesus. She made room for Jesus. She made room. She made room. And where there's a will, there's a way. She figured it out. She figured it out. So for those of you who struggle to hear God's voice, I'm going to give you some practical steps to help you tune in your spiritual ears to his voice. I want us to look at a verse first, and then we'll move on. James 4, 7 through 8, we're given this basic practice. You can use different parts of this at different times. This is the most amazing practical spiritual stuff here. You cannot like run the devil off before you've submitted to God. That's one of the principles. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Everybody just say, I've got to submit myself to God every day on a regular basis, right? Just submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. You can't resist the devil first. You've got to submit to God first. The devil's not scared of you. He used to run your life. He used to tell you what to do and you did it. But now you've got a new master. You're not wanting to feed your flesh. You want to feed your spirit, man. I was writing a new song lyric, and I, I was sitting right there, and I, I come in here a lot of times, and I, I, it's in my phone, but I, let me just tell it to you. It says, there's sometimes my heart feels empty. And people will say, I feel empty. I just feel empty. And they just feel empty. Just go around empty. I'm just empty. But I felt the Lord saying, like an appetite when I need to eat. And my heart is hungering for the presence of the Lord, and I'm about to have a feast. You don't have to walk around empty. You don't have to be empty in life. If you feel empty, take it as a hunger pain for more of the Lord. Go after Him. So this says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee. Now let's, let's declare the first part of uh, verse 8 together. Draw near to God. Everybody say, draw near to God. 
and he will draw near to you. Everybody say it again. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. One more time. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And he says, cleanse your... And this is... I, I just put this in here. You know, I wasn't going to, but I realized, you know what? There's probably somebody in the room really needs to hear this. Cleanse your hands, your sinners. Purify your hearts, you're double-minded. Now, the Lord doesn't want you to be double-minded, but he's, he wants to purify your heart, cleanse your heart, cleanse your hands. When you really get down to doing regular ministry, you have to have clean hands. You can't, you can't be doing help without, with, with sullied hands. You've got to be cleansed. You've got to be available. So that's why we come to the Lord all the time. And, and the Lord wants us to be refreshed in his presence. He wants to be cleansed in his presence. He likes to take care of us. How many of you, have, we used to play a lot outside and we have to hose off before we went in the house. My generation, we drank out of the hose, we used the hose. You just, you just hose. So how do you make room for Jesus? This is, uh, I got four little steps here. Ready? Number one, do your best to create a quiet place that has minimal distractions do you think that's a good idea if you're wanting to hear the Lord you think that's a good idea now listen you can hear the Lord but you can create a quiet place in your heart I remember uh, being um, oh man I just love this story but I was was in Bogota and we were at the crepes and waffle that was called crepes and waffle Crepes and waffle restaurants are made. They're, they're, uh, the, the whole idea is that single women run it or single moms run it. Management, everything. So we're sitting there. And your dad, Guillermo, says, you're going to speak again tonight. Oh, we've been out all day. We've been out all day long. And I'm exhausted. And I think, he says, well, I've got to go then. So I get in the car. Two guys take me in the car, two of the fellas from the ministry. I'm in the car. And I don't know how, it's just a ways. We're like down, sort of downtown somewhere, and we're going back to your neighborhood. And I am um, riding along, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. If you don't know what that is, I'll be happy to share it with you. If you have a deeper desire for the Lord, I'll lay hands on you, impart it to you. We, 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 you came on Pentecost Sunday, first time you ever visited here. The Spirit of the Lord fell right on the... Amber there, and she began to pray in the Spirit. The Lord wants to give, a, give away everything that causes intimacy and communion with Him. He just wants you to have it. If you're out of a, a, like a dead church background, the Lord says, I want you to be alive. I don't want you to be stuck in religion where you have to feel like you have to earn your way. I want you to know everything that I have made available for you free so you can connect with me and know me and receive my love and walk in the fullness and develop and be whole. And I'm riding and I'm praying in the Spirit. This is the funniest thing. I'm driving down, and, we're, and it's almost like a comedy because in the lane next to me, there's an ambulance. And apparently people don't get out of the way in that country for an ambulance to go. So the ambulance is stuck in traffic like everybody else. So we've got this, woo, woo, woo. Then behind them, there's this guy with a motorcycle. And then behind there is somebody with a horse-drawn cart. And there's a horse coming up. And then there's some other cars. And so we pulled up, and then we passed, woo, 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 we passed the ambulance, and then the ambulance 
passes us, and then here comes the motorcycle, and here comes the horse, and then we pass them. It just goes back and forth, back and forth. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. I've never been in any kind of traffic like this my entire life. I'm so, I'm like, what is going on? But I'm enjoying it because I'm praying in the Spirit, drawn close to God. And I'm filling up my heart, filling up my heart, filling up my heart, filling up my heart. When I get back uh, that evening and the, the meeting starts, the Holy Spirit comes and does what He does best when you've opened up your heart to be filled and refreshed and ready to go for it. So I did my best to create a place where there is minimal distraction. <laughs> But the Lord says, I'm just going to have, give you a show where you're going along here. So I'm just filling up my heart, filling up my heart. Number two, worship. When you want to hear from the Lord, you want to prepare your heart with worship. Worship. Put on worship music that helps you enter. I was playing uh, that song by uh, Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant. If you go on YouTube and do the Agnes Day song, and it's got this massive orchestra, and then we just, you just listen to it, you start crying because the anointing is so precious. There's, there's songs that you can listen to that just draw your heart into the presence of the Lord. You enter worship. Enter into worship and let your heart be filled with His peace. So that's important. That's important. Pray in the Spirit. Number three, take a portion of Scripture and meditate on it. Now I'm talking... If you don't have a Bible reading plan, if you don't have, but here, here's the best way to go. Here's the best way to go. Go find some passage that you're interested in, that the theme of that passage actually speaks to what you're wanting the Lord to speak to you about. Like, you know, and I'll, I'll give you an example in a minute. But uh, if you don't have a Bible reading plan and you want to, like, start, you know, learning to hear God's voice, maybe the Psalms, the Gospels, the Proverbs, the, the books of, you know, in the New Testament, you take a portion of Scripture, you meditate on it. Now here's the next part. Let's do your best to find the passage addressing the needs you're facing. Humble your heart. Okay, number four. This is very, very important. As you meditate on the passage, are you ready? Write down what you think the Lord may be saying to you. Write down what you think the Lord may be saying to you. Repeat after me. I am His sheep and I hear His voice. He guarantees it. He says, My sheep hear My voice. My sheep hear My voice. So you go ahead and with your best spiritual self, you just take that passage and you sit before Him in a state of worship and meditating on that and just then respond and write down. For Listen, for many of you, it might just be the clarity of this. You might want to jot down everything that's going wrong in your life and get it out in front of you. Because once you get it all in front of you, it gets really small really fast. It doesn't stay looming over your head. You get perspective. And then you're talking to the Lord about it. And you bring it down out of that high place that blocks your peace from God. You bring it down and you, you, you subdue it. You subdue it. And then you hear what the Lord would say. And what's going to happen at this moment is uh, you're going to be, suddenly you'll have the breath of the Lord. You'll, you'll feel that and suddenly you'll be writing stuff down. 
And you'll know if it's, you see, you'll know it's not out of your head. You'll know that something's starting to come up out of your spirit as you write down the, what you think he may be saying. And this is what will happen. You'll get better and better at it. And you'll know that the Lord is actually speaking to you. Let's do an example here. Quick example. Philippians 2. Philippians 2.6 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. Let's say you're sitting down and you've been really wrestling over a lot of anxiety and things like that. And so you just kind of look at that verse for a little bit. Don't be anxious about anything. You go, that's easy to say. It's a lot easier to say and see it on paper. But in everything by prayer and supplication, oh, I haven't been actually praying about this stuff. I haven't been making it known to God what I'm wrestling with. Hmm. Oh, with thanksgiving. Oh, hey, how many of you? I think the Lord, His will is now I need to give thanks that He's hearing me. Are you there? And then watch what it says. This is amazing. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I feel like an explosion of gratitude just wants to bang up out of my heart. How many of you need the peace of God just completely, just completely overwhelming everything in your life? The surpasses everything. See the, and so you, you, you'll have this moment. You're writing this stuff down. You write the verse down. You start to think about this. And you feel the, the Holy Spirit nudging you. He's getting in there. He's beginning to unravel some, some heavy th- stuff, you know. And the peace begin to come. And you realize God's speaking to me about me having peace in these areas that I haven't had peace about. So you start grabbing the stuff. What is it that doesn't have the peace of God dominating the, the scene in my life? And you bring that before Him and you thank Him for showing up in that. You bring that and you show it. Are you here? You see the application here? Say, yes, I'm going to help me out with it. Yes, I see that. Yes, I see that. And then it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is uh, lovely, whatever is commendable, there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Got it? Now, I like, on occasion, I like to look at another translation. Has anybody, you've seen the Message Bible. You guys like the Message? I, I use that sometimes. This is the Passion. You like the Passion Translation? This is the Passion Translation. Same verse. Same verse. This is Philippians 2. Look at this. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Is that good or what? I, when I saw that translation, I thought, well, they just kind of applied it to me. They kind of like did it. How many of you need this today? 
I felt like the Lord, I mean, here, this I was telling, uh, I, I just met Jim here. I was just telling Jim this. I said, man, this, I worked on all this stuff yesterday, and I had all these notes and stuff. And then I got up this morning, I opened up my computer, and it was frozen. So I restarted it, and all my notes were gone. And I said, well, I remember most of it, like this whole main, you know, the start, the start of it. And I, was, I felt like the Lord, I did that, I got a better message. <laughs> I don't want you to be full of anxiety this season. I want you to be free from anxiety. I want you to be free from it. Thanking God, being above that. I don't want you under that. I want you over that. The Lord said, and look, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that can get you really under it really quick. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord from up inside. Praise you, Lord. We give you thanks and praise you that your hand is on our life and that we are being held in position by you. Now, I feel like the Lord is wanting to, to actually make this a room full of prophets. That you might not have... Look, the world is in dire need and they, the, the world needs people that will open their mouth and speak precious truths from the Lord's heart to them. If you sit down and get some precious truths in you, it's going to come out. And people are going to receive what the Lord has. There'll be a flow of, of ministry thoughts and good things coming out of you. I feel like the Lord said, he, we, look, we got to cultivate that, right? Some of you do more than others, but we need to cultivate that. Let me throw a couple of other quick things out here before we finish. We'll, God will always, like I mentioned, guide you with, your, with peace. He doesn't want you to be full of anxiety to try and make any decision. And uh, here's another key one. God will usually never speak to you when you're exhausted or worn out. Because you cannot hear Him correctly when you're exhausted. And there's a beautiful, funny story in the Old Testament about this. But it's like, it's like you know, like when, you're, when the kid's worn out, you can't talk to them. They've got to go to bed. You can't receive anything when you're exhausted. You got to go to sleep. You got to rest. And when you get rest, the Lord will be the first to let you know what He wants you to know, but you have to be rest. So if you're exhausted, no matter how much you're trying to meditate and get a word, it ain't going to happen. You're going to be shot. You know, your kids, they can't hear you when they're. Well, they're totally fried, right? And this happened to Elijah. Elijah was, uh, had this big miracle thing happen, and, and the, the prophets of Baal were all destroyed, and this great sacrifice fire came out of the sky and stuff, and it was this massive, massive high adrenaline day. And now it was low adrenaline time because Jezebel threatened him, and he was, uh, said, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. And he got, he got hit. He was low. He was low. He was exhausted. You got hit. When you're low and exhausted, you can get hit. So you got to rest. And uh, he ate some food. It was apparently angel food cake because he could go for 40 days after that. It had some supercharged protein in it or something. And so he goes for 40 days, four nights, gets out there, he's resting, and the Lord says, take a nap, rest, rest, rest. And he gets up and an angel has prepared a cake. I love this part of the story, but if you're exhausted, the Lord says, I want you to take a nap and have some cake. <laughs> And then he made him go back to bed. <laughs> he says, sleep some more. You're not ready yet. He got up. He says, here's another cake. <laughs> he finally, finally was rested enough. And that's the place in the Bible where we're taught about the still, small voice.
You can't hear it when you're worn out. Rest. And sometimes, you know, I'll tell you, I've, I've just learned this from the Lord. I'm trying to prepare, you know, for you guys, and, and I'm exhausted, and the Lord just smiling at me like, I'll tell you when you wake up. <laughs> if I told you a thought right now, you can't even hold it. You know, it's not going to be live. It's just going to run off your back like water off a duck's back. You're not going to get it. you got to rest. Rest. Rest is so important when there are all these hustle, bustle, and all the extra activities. And then the other uh, little thing here, I just want to say, uh, years when I was about 17, 18, I got saved with 17, about 18 or 19, I read in the Bible, you know, that Moses was asking. He wanted to see God. He wanted to, to know God's presence in a greater way, and he kept praying this thing. I want to see your glory. Lord, I want to show me your glory. I want to sh- show me your glory. And, and he, the Lord, he says, How we go? I don't want to go from here if, if your presence doesn't go with me. There was a real value in, in Moses' life about the presence of God. There should be a value in your life and my life about I don't want to go anywhere where the presence of God is not with me. And, and then he said, I want to, he kicked it up a notch. He said, I want to see your glory. I want to know your glory. I want to know your glory. And he said, so he does this thing where he puts him in the cleft of the rock and he, and he hides. You know, he says, you can't look at me head on, but when, when after I pass by, you can come and look at, look at the glory that's already gone by. He's got that thing going. And, and uh, I, I was transfixed by that. I was really praying. And I said, Lord, show me your glory. I'm an 18-year-old. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I must have prayed a couple of months. Show me your glory. I was leading worship. I was uh, in my little uh, church back in North Carolina. And there was a little step. It was about that same height. It was The platform was there, and it was a little step. Just one little step. Finished, put my guitar down. Right when I stepped, suddenly, the Lord released a ray from heaven of his glory and I saw the glory of the Lord suddenly for like 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 uh, you take a picture click like that something happened inside of me so profound that I started to run I was afraid that I was going to die because the glory was so great I went <gasps> And people on the front row were like, what's happened to him? And now I realized where I was and that it was, I wasn't going to die. But the Lord, I've been asking the Lord over and over and over, I want to see your glory, I want to see your glory, I want to see your glory, I want to see your glory. He goes, I'll show you a split second. And it marked me. And I realized God Almighty is God Almighty and ain't nobody like God Almighty. <laughs> you can get the fear of the Lord in a moment. He already knows everything's going on. Powerful. So I just said that sometimes you can pray a certain thing and you hold it in your heart and the Lord will do it. Let's put up the last scripture and we'll be done here. The other thing that I did is this. I had prayed over and over. I kind of, I don't know, it was a few years ago and I said, Lord, I just want to get back into uh, helping people prophetically and hearing your voice and knowing your purpose for people I really really I just need to stir that up again in my soul and the Holy Spirit spoke this to me this is what he said look at this verse for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit 
and of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now listen real closely to me. When you study the Bible, the Bible studies you. When you open up your heart to encounter the Lord, you do. He begins to discern the things of your heart. If you allow the Lord to discern the things of your heart and to show you, like Moses a long time ago, it says in Psalm 103, it says, the people of Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. How many of you want to walk with the Lord and know what he's doing and how he does it? And, what, and you know, not just see him do it, but partner with him so we can do more of it. And that's when he, he gave me this. He says, you be in my word and I will cause you to, because my word already discerns hearts. So I'm going to help you. Is this helpful today? This is all about one simple thing, a little phrase, make room. Make room. Make room in your heart. Make room in your heart because the Lord's already made room for you. Let's all stand together. I just want to finish with this. Luke 23, 39 through 43, one of the criminals was hanging on the cross next to Jesus, was railing at him. He said, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receiving due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And Jesus, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the thing. I felt like the Lord says, He took me to that idea and He said this to my heart. He said, I want you to make room for me because I've already made room for you. In every way, your whole life, I want you to give room for me to manifest my love in your life, my word in your life, my presence in your life. Just build a little holy place right there before the Lord. Would you do that? Just build an altar right where you stand. Lift your heart to Him. Lift your hands before Him. Spirit of the Lord, fall fresh on your people. There's going to be some ears that are opened up right now. Opened up. You're going to open up. What you, the instruction you received today Somehow the wax in your ears has already melted out and you have a confidence coming up inside of your spirit that you're going to hear his voice more clearly. And there's some of you that you can see already there's a delight coming to your life. You're going to have more joy in your life, more delight in your life because you're going to take the time and do what you heard today. You're going to act on it. There's coming a refreshing. Uh, Ted, the Lord... has heard your cry. He loves you dearly. You have a special relationship with the Lord. And He He counts you faithful. He counts you faithful. Would you just lift your hand to the Lord Ted? Bless everybody. I feel like we're on holy ground.
His purposes for your life are very precious and cherished. And you've walked with Him every step. You're very, very honest to the core with the work and the dealing of the Holy Spirit in your life. Anybody with any spiritual sense can see that. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, we speak blessing over you now. And what you're walking through now, we ask that the Lord would release unprecedented strength and peace and direction for you. You have the wisdom of the Lord. You have it. You have it. You have it. I feel like the Lord saying, you got it, you got it, you got it. The things that you think are right from the Lord living in your life. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Pray. Just go ahead and take a moment. Just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're on holy ground today because you are the Lord's sheep and He's your shepherd and He wants to cherish you and walk with you through the ups and downs and the, the struggles and the, the places. Some of you where you felt trapped recently, the Lord's already set rescue toward you. He's, he's causing you to, to step out of what, we, what you were stepping into. And today, 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 there's a victory. Would you stand? The Lord is already clearing up some things in your hearts, isn't He? Let's go ahead and praise Him just another second or two here. Thank you, Lord. You have something, honey? Continue to stay right where you are before the Lord. That's right. Stay there. Don't take your eyes off of Him right now. In that quiet place, He said, I am shifting and changing now, today. Everything that was to this moment will not be after this next moment. Just believe. It's nothing that you can do, beloved. I am doing it. I am doing it all in every single one of you. It's changing today. Receive that as a yes and amen. Say it in your heart. Yes, I receive it, Lord, today. This shift, this change. And beloved, we'll never be the same again. That, that thing will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When I turned around and looked at everyone and there was this place of worship, Holy Spirit said, it's changing now. Because you love me and I love you, it's all changing now. There's no works involved in this. There's no running around. There's just sitting and being still before me. And just love me. Just love me. And I will love you. And I will take care of all of it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just like the, the, uh, when Gabriel said to Mary, she says, how's this going to happen? He says, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And you're going to conceive. The Lord is overshadowing 
areas of your life right now and there's a new work of the Spirit being conceived and there's something of an injection of the Lord. This is a season where He says, I need to birth some new things in your life. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord for praise His Lord. glory praise overshadowing praise. us. His glory overshadowing us. His glory doing the work. Let's go ahead and praise Him. Just praise Him and praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We open to it. We thank you, Lord. There's going to be dimensions of peace that you haven't known. Certain ones of you are going to know peace in a way that you hadn't had it before. This word is correct. That about the, the Lord says, I'm changing it. I'm shifting it. Don't let this. Don't let the devil steal a thing. Swat him in the face. Say, no, this is for me. This is mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.